When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Caps PA announcer Wes Johnson, and you're listening to Bull the Pop! Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Puck. It is a Washington Capitals podcast, and that means it's a podcast about your 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Thank you all for listening to us on all of your favorite podcast platforms, especially Overcast. Joining me, as always, to talk all things Caps hockey, my buddy, Coach Dan. How's how's it going, Coach? You doing good? We missed you last week. I'm good. Thank you for holding down the fort while I was uh, on holiday, as the Brits say. I was on vacation down in Florida. Got to do the Disney experience. It was fun. Very nice. Except for... Um, my 20 month old, definitely a flight risk. Oh God. Like, yeah, no, not great. I see why parents have leashes for children now. I completely understand it. We didn't, we didn't get one of those. My wife wouldn't do it. And I will, you know, I wanted one at the time, but I will defend that now and that it was the right call not to do it because we would have been tripping people left and right and like getting them tied up. Like it would have been horrible. You know, like you on have the, two dogs like each other and then the, no, not the plane. No, the well, no, she was a difficult on the plane, but she was just excited about everything. Okay. But it was at Disney World. Like, she has no line etiquette at all. Ah. Like, if you're closer in line than her own family, she's like, well, I'm part of them now. And then she just <laughs> runs ahead. It was, we would do this thing where we would circle up, and it was my in-laws and my brother-in-law and me and my wife and, and, and my son, who's four. And we would all circle up, and then she would just kind of bounce off all of us because she was just so excited about everything. No, we ended up, uh, you'll love this or anybody out there listening that's a parent feel free to steal this idea if you haven't done it already but we would take blue tape and we would write my wife's phone number and mine on the blue tape and then put it on her back every oh day my. so if she actually ran off and we couldn't find her like they knew who to call like my four year old we've taught him because we've been to Disney a couple of times because my brother-in-law works there so we get to go otherwise works, we would not sorry. be going as often as we did <laughs> so he works for Disney and so we get to go and it's great so um, we've taught him like, you know, because we went to Bears game with him. And so I'm like, if you can't see us or an adult that's with you, like, this is what you do. But she's 20 months old. Like, even if she knew what to do, her language skills are not there yet. So we would write our names down on a blue piece of blue tape and leave that on her back all day. And event she ran off. But uh, she saw something she wanted. Gone. <laughs> I mean, this little girl, if you're playing a video game, she is a 99 in speed when she wants something like she okay. is quick. So she's, she's going to be the next Hillary Knight. Then she's going to be getting got, some gold yeah, medals. Man. She's going to be our athlete. I'm telling All you right, right now, that little girl's quick. She's not afraid of anything. She's a climber. 
she got herself out of a target cart on her own and safely scaled down the cart so she could run down the aisle to look at something. There you go. All right. This girl is a pin- and she's 20 months old. Like, I can't wait till she actually understands what's happening. <laughs> I am in trouble. So that's all I'm saying. No, it's great. It was great to be off. I think the show last week that you did, you went solo was great. Thank you no, for holding it, down the fort. It was not. Back. I apologize to everyone. That was a terrible show. I fully no. admit it. <laughs> no, 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 no. But thank you all for sticking around and not unsubscribing when you heard just me last week. I really do appreciate that. <laughs> but uh, here we go. Uh, let's talk about it. So uh, in very uncaps like news, they decided to break news the day of recording for us instead of the day after Coach Dan and I recorded for the week. Uh, and it's uh, it's news that I don't think any of us wanted to hear, but I don't think any of us were surprised when this news broke. But Nick Backstrom and the Capitals announced today that he would be stepping away from the team to deal with his injury, his hip. Um, we all know that this has been an injury that has kind of plagued Nick Backstrom for the last two seasons, maybe more, um, unfortunately. But uh, Nick just kind of decided he was having a rough season. He didn't look like himself again, and uh, he's he's stepping away. So it's a very sad day in Capitals history, but I don't think this is a day that any of us really didn't see coming. I, mean, I think I was a little surprised in terms of the timing, but now that that's out there, it does kind of make sense. I mean, he's just... His hip, it sounds like, is not or was not responding in the way he wanted it to, and he just needs some time to to let it heal and see if he can keep playing. And the Capitals have come out, and this is from Sammy Silver of the Hockey News, who she's the uh, Caps beat reporter for them. She's put out that the Caps are, are reiterating, he's not retiring, but he needs a break, it sounds like, and he needs some time to heal. So it's, you know, the Caps are going to put him on IR, uh, it's very likely he's going to go on long-term injury reserve, which means that the Capitals can go that far above the salary cap ceiling, if I understand it correctly, based on his cap hit, which, according to Cap Friendly, is $9.2 million. So that frees up a ton of cap space when you're talking about in terms of what this team is going to do going forward. This also makes sense in terms of why Connor McMichael was centering. He and Baxter were rotating at the center spot on the third line of practice on Monday. So now we kind of know what's going on. But one assist in eight games... Sounds like he wasn't really he wasn't playing at the level that he expects himself to play. And my guess is he was in a fair amount of pain. And so he's doing what's best for him, for himself and his future. And I don't think anyone can argue that point. I think he's definitely made the right call. And if this is it for him, it's it's the end of an era. It's the end of, uh, again, it's not necessarily the case, but it is the end of a career of, of an all time great with the Washington Capitals, someone who certainly deserves to be in the conversation for the hockey hall of fame in terms of his contributions on the ice. And um, it's a tough one. I know we were talking with Ryan on Twitter, Ryan Drury on Twitter earlier, and he and I agree. Backstrom has been my favorite player since he he's been on the caps, um, you know, love Ovechkin. Uh, a lot of the guys on the team since then, you know, I was a big Carl Alsner fan, uh, John Carlson, Holpe. I've liked a lot of guys that have been on this team over the years. I don't think anybody's ever been to the level of like Peter Pondra, but Backstrom's right up there. And it's just because he's just, a, he's a dude that just goes about his game. He just plays really well. He plays hard. He's smart about it. 
He was a little physical, but not overly physical. But he was just he was a, a, a incredibly talented hockey player that this team is very much going to miss. But it's not like this is a day that we didn't see coming at some point. Like nobody plays forever. Not everyone's Yarmir Yager where they're playing until like late forties. So it's it's a sad day in Caps world in terms of the likelihood that this is the end of Nicholas Backstrom as an active member of the Capitals roster. But it doesn't mean it doesn't mean he's done and it doesn't mean he's not still going to be a part of this organization. So it'll be weird, you know, if this is it for him in terms of a team that has Ovechkin, but not Backstrom on it, where you don't see him coming back at some point in the future. But, you know, there was a team before Backstrom with Ovechkin on it, and it looks like there will be a team after him. But he ends, if this is it, he's ending with a, a heck of a career. He's played in 1,105 games, 1,033 points, 271 goals, 762 assists, according to the Caps website, plus 83, just over 50% faceoff. And for a center, I guess that's pretty good at 50.1. I mean, this is a guy who... I don't know. I mean, his name's going to be up in the Raptors one day at Capital One Arena or whatever it's called at that point, considering he changes names every once in a while. So, yeah. Yeah, he uh, he was the second guy to hoist the Stanley Cup. He obviously, I mean, he played that 2018 post postseason run. I think he had two broken fingers, something like that. Uh, thumb. Remember he had, Ovechkin had to like, I feel like he took it down by himself. If I remember this correctly, he, he took it down by himself the one way. And then as he was coming back, you kind of see him being like to eventually being like, help, help. Like, <laughs> I'm going to drop it because his was it his left thumb or his right thumb was just jacked up. I, I can't remember which one it was. I, I just remember. remember he missed a game or two because of that. Um, but he played through it. The guy is a trooper and he's he's. He's been so important to this team for so long. It's hard to imagine a Caps team without him, uh, and it's hard to imagine Ovi without him. I mean, even during that lockout year 10 years ago, they went and played for Dynamo Moscow together, and they won the, what's it called, the Gargarian Cup, something like that, in the KHL. You know, Backstrom has that. Not, not a lot of people can say that they have won that trophy as well as a Stanley Cup. Um, it's, it's unfortunate, but as we all get older and, and hockey is a very physical sport, I, I have to give all the credit in the world to Nicholas Backstrom because he really, he has tried everything and he has tried so hard to come back from this injury, but hips are very difficult to come back from, you know, look, I'm a Ravens fan, Dennis Pitta. He was uh, he was a tight end in the Joe Flacco era. He broke his hip in practice one day, missed a season, came back, broke his hip again. And that was kind of it after that, you know, it's, it, it, they're very, very difficult to come back from. The fact that Backstrom came back last year, had an off season where he could train and he was on the ice in Sweden and he was able to do that. He went through training camp, but still to feel like something was wrong. This this could not have been an easy decision for him. This had to have been so incredibly difficult to step away from the game. Now, Looking at the team we have, I mean, there are going to be fans out there. They're going to be like, well, you we should have done this in training camp. Now we're stuck. We could have gone and gotten somebody else. And da, 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 da. So if we're going to have Connor McMichael at the center of the third line, who's going to take the wing position where Connor McMichael was? 
Uh, is there going to be a call up from Hershey? Are we going to stay with somebody else that's already on this team? What are, what are your thoughts? So lines from practice today, which means what's likely what we're going to see at the game uh, tomorrow on Thursday. Ovechkin, Strom, Wilson on the first line, Milano, Kuznetsov, Oshi, Mantha, McMichael, Phillips, and then Beck Mallinson, uh, LaPierre, who was recalled prior to the last game, and Alexi Protus as your forwards, which, let's be honest, I feel like they're kind of preparing for this a little bit in terms of backstrom by having um, LaPierre come up, also because Dow was out. But I, I, none of this is... Like, yes, they could have gone... If Backstrom decided that he needed more time during preseason, they could have gone out or the summer or whatever. They could have gone out and signed someone. But like they potentially have the guy in, and eventually you have to be able to move past players that are getting older. You have that guy potentially in Connor McMichael. Now, I'm not saying that McMichael is going to be at the level of Nicholas Backstrom. Like that's not fair. But Nicholas Backstrom isn't at the level of Nicholas Backstrom. And so the reality is they have to be prepared to move forward and start integrating these younger guys. And now McMichael is going to get his opportunity. This is his chance. Now, he's playing on the wing and doing pretty well, but he's the center. He thinks of himself as a center. The team thinks of him as a center. He was starting on the wing. This is probably a little earlier than they were hoping for, but this is now McMichael's chance to show that he is an NHL center. And that he can take that spot. So we, you know, we'll see what happens over the next little bit. And but the reality is they're going to have the cap space now, even when Pacioretty comes back, they're going to have the cap space to go out and acquire someone if they feel like they need to. I hope they don't because McMichael can be the guy. I, it's up to him to show it. But from everything we're hearing, from everything, you know, what he's been doing, he's playing hard. It seems like he's playing well. And I hope he takes this opportunity and runs with it. Yeah, me too. I remember there was a big hoopla last year with McMichael and he wanted to be a center. And they're like, no, we see you as a wing. We see you as a wing. We see you as a wing. And he's like, I like being in the center. I like doing this, I like doing that. And then he went to Hershey and kind of honed his skills as a winger. And he, he was a center down there as well. But he, he got better as a hockey player as a whole. So um, to see him now be at the center position, the fact that he was with Backstrom uh, on Monday and was practicing, they were practicing together and kind of taking a back and forth, you know, he's able to soak up some, some, uh, some knowledge from Nick Backstrom still being there at the time. So I like that as well. So the two of them can kind of work together and make him a better hockey player. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's well, that's the, the other thing. Go ahead. Like, sorry, not to cut across you, but like Backstrom isn't leaving the team. He's not like, see you guys. And then he's doing the like slow. Is it, is it the bit that Family Guy always does with like the Incredible Hulk thing walking away with like, or it's the the Bruce Banner walking away and you have like the sad music playing uh, from the 70s or 80s. I don't know. This didn't make it. If it doesn't make any sense to you or anyone out there, then just, you know, I apologize for the last <laughs> 10 seconds. But anyways, it's not like he's leaving. He has like packed his bags. He's like, see you guys. Like, I think my understanding is that from what I've read is that he's still going to be around the team. He's still going to be, I don't know if he's going to be traveling per se with the team, but he's still going to be around. He's, I'm sure he's going to be there mentoring the young guys and talking to them. And, you know, I still think this is a guy that's going to be there and he's going to be around, but it's going to be weird that there isn't a Nicholas Backstrom on this team. 
at least playing, you know, and I know he said he's going to try and come back and I, I hope he can, but I also don't want it to be a situation for him where he's just like, he keeps trying to come back and things keep not working out. And it's just like, I, he deserves to have his career end in a good way. And even this isn't like, it can get worse in terms of just like the unfortunate uh, uh, story in terms of what we could see going forward for him. He deserves to have his career, his story end in a, on his terms in a good way. And, you know, at 35, given I'm four years older than him in the hockey world, he's an old man in, in professional sports in general. And so, you know, his career was coming to an end over the next few years, likely anyways, it's unfortunate it's coming earlier than he, he probably wanted. He likely wanted, I think he did want, um, but this is a guy that you can look back on if this is it for him and say, you know, he had a great career and I'm sure he's a guy, you know, whether he stays in town or he, or he goes back to Sweden, I'm sure he's a guy that's going to pop in from time to time and, and do events with the Capitals because he's an all time great. Literally. I mean, his statistics show that alone. He's am I right? He is the uh, most assists in Capitals history uh, or something along those lines. So he's an all time great for this team, this organization, and he's a big part of it. And, you know, it's, 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 we're starting to see that transition onto the next era of guys. You know, we've seen that with the goaltending. We've seen that a bit with, with some of the defensemen that have moved on. Um, now we're starting so, to see it with some of the forwards. So, all right. So kind of walk me through this, see if I'm understanding this correctly. So if he goes on IR, that's like what a 14 day window, something like that. He's on injury reserve. If he goes yeah. on long term injury reserve, he's just out for as long as needed. But because he's not retiring, that 9.2 million has to kind of just like sit in the bank because potentially he could come back and play again and he would be he would get that 9.2 million. But like if he were to come out and say, I tried, I'm not coming back, I have to retire, that 9.2 million is in play again, right? Like they actually could go out and get a center for that amount of money. Okay, so if I have this, this is according to Wikipedia, so we'll get to that in a second. Um, if Backstrom doesn't retire, which is the case at the moment, he goes on long-term injury reserve. The Capitals can go, again, if I have this correctly, because it doesn't make sense like why they would do it this way, but whatever. They can go above the salary cap ceiling the amount that his contract is, right? So they can go up to $9.2 million over the salary cap ceiling, which is currently at eight point. Not eight. That was stupid. 80, um, 83.5 million is the salary cap in the NHL. Um, they can go over once if they put them on long term injury reserve, which I have to imagine they will. It can go over by 9.2 by having Pacioretty on already on there. They are able to go over by 2 million. Uh, I believe Joel Edmondson's on there. That's another 1.75. I don't know if there's like a rule on how many guys you can have on long-term injury reserve. And that might be part of the reason they haven't put him just yet. Cause I don't remember when Edmondson wasn't at first and then they moved him to, to long-term injury reserve. So my guess is maybe they move him uh, back from to long-term injury reserve. Cause maybe there's like a rule on how many you're allowed to have. Uh, maybe they move him after Edmondson can come back. But there is a rule in terms of how many days or how many games you have to miss. I think it's in like the 20s uh, game, uh, days, not games before you can come off of uh, LTIR. And so once Backstrom goes on there, they have a lot of money to play with. 
because Pacioretty's only signed for two million. So, you know, 9.2 down to 7.2, 1.75, you're down to, oh God, why did I start this? You got about 5 million. <laughs> so what, somewhere around 5.3 million or something like that to play with? 5.25, somewhere around there, I think. Um, so if it turns out like, you know what, we're actually doing okay. We're not doing great. Like we might need to bring a guy up or bring a guy uh, in, make a trade. And, and you're not, you know, shedding a lot of salary. You can bring in some money or bring in some money, bring in a guy that costs a fair amount of money. If you're the capitals, you need to be going out and getting a guy in his like mid twenties, mid to mid late twenties, you know, like 25, 27, 24 to 27, something like that. Like, I don't want a guy who's 31 or 29, right? Cause you need to start thinking about, the future you already got enough late 20 guys in mantha in tom wilson dylan strome is 26 which is obviously i'm not late but like milano's 27 like these are your guys post ovechkin era um so they they can they will have money to play with once they put them on ltir um if he retires my understanding if i'm reading this correctly and this is from wikipedia so who knows if a player retires any remaining salary bonuses are no longer playable, although if the contract that doesn't actually answer the question, now does it? I think if I remember this correctly, I believe as long as they haven't signed their contract after the age of 35, their cap, it comes off the books completely if they've retired. If they sign that contract before they were 35, which Baxham's 35 now. And I think this is the end of his long deal because he signed it. I don't know how to find that. Well, I mean, I click on his name, but who cares? The point is it was beforehand, so it doesn't matter. The point is, I think his contract comes off the books. Sign a multi-year challenge. Yeah, no, I think it comes off the books. So if he ends up retiring, it completely goes away. So theoretically, going into like next summer, they will, if he retires, they have all that money to play with to potentially go out and sign someone. Now, as to who would be a free agent, I don't know. Maybe you don't need a center because right now Dylan Strome is tearing it up. Yeah. He's leading the team in goals right now. He doesn't have any assists, which I feel like is weird for a center and weird for a center that's centering Alex Ovechkin. That, but yeah, he has no assists, on, you know, but he's leading the team in points. Uh, uh, goals, sorry, points is Ovechkin. And they got him, they got Kuznetsov, presumably. You got McMichael, you got Dowd, and you got LaPierre kind of waiting in the wings being like, hey, guys. Me too. I want to play. So do they need to go out and sign a center? I don't know. And you got Mallinson, who I believe can play center. I might have that wrong, but I think he can play center. So, at, you know, it's going to be interesting in terms of like what this means for the team going forward. But I think for right now, you know, we can reflect on a guy who just. He meant a lot to this organization. He meant a lot to this team. And if this is it for him. As as sad as we may be, um, you know, I, I tip my cap to him on an outstanding career. Yeah, stick taps to uh, Nick Backstrom, <clears throat> getting to do um, what he loves for a living, and it's really sad to see this injury affect him for so long. But taking a leave of absence, it's it's what is going to be best for him in the long run. Uh, yes, us as fans, we're sad, but it makes sense for him and his family. So. Nothing but respect for for Nick Backstrom. Um, it's just it really is amazing. I got to tell you a story about Nick Backstrom though. So back in the day when they used to do CapsCon, 
me and our good friend of the show, Phil Williams, we went to, I think it was the first year, it was the first or second year we went and we paid and got the uh, Nick Backstrom photo op. And uh, Phil went up to him, put his arm around Backstrom. And this was, again, this was back in the day. This was Backy's uh, single bachelor days. And uh, Phil goes, hey, uh, where can I meet some nice Swedish girls around here in D.C.? And Backstrom just goes, I don't know. I I don't know. But if you find them, let me know. And Phil just kind of laughs and they take their (laughs) picture. And that was about it. So Backy's always been uh, a a fun guy to be around. He's a a good guy. Um, We wish him nothing but the best here. And it's going to suck not to have him on the bench moving forward. But we'll see what happens next. But with Nick Backstrom uh, taking a leave of absence, it does open the door and a, and a great opportunity for up-and-comers like Connor McMichael and Henrik Slapierre, uh to see what they can do at center. Now, Connor McMichael's always had the confidence that he can be a NHL center, and where I think we're seeing that, uh, he enjoys that. But LaPierre, he's a guy that came up over the weekend due to Nick Dowd missing more time. But Henrik Slapierre you know, had a, a better season than he did in the past this this past year with Hershey. So this is good for him to get some experience. And plus, we saw in the uh, postseason for the Hershey Bears that LaPierre and Protus really work well together. And the fact that those two have been paired up as a duo, I think, is a really good sign. And it's good for LaPierre's growth that that he's got a, a guy like Protus on the line, sharing the line with him. Yeah. I mean, we've got the, the the nice thing about the team is that when they still got these veteran guys, like it's not just a bunch of young guys being like, go have fun, go play hockey. You know, they've got veteran guys that can come in. They've got veteran centers that can kind of coach up the young guys as they come up. They've got veterans on defense. They've got veterans on the wing. Um, they don't really have any young goalies coming up at the moment, but they've got guys that can come in and kind of help. And they kind of spread it out throughout the lineup. Like you don't have a, a line of just, you know, early 20, late teens um, that are playing. And so I, I like the makeup of this roster. There's still a ton of questions and still of what they're going to get. But the reality is we had questions about Backstrom in terms of what he was going to be able to do and how long he was going to be able to play. And, and so I like how this lineup is kind of shaping out. We'll see how they do over the next you know couple of weeks. But I think the team overall is playing better, obviously, because they've you know won games and are scoring goals, which is nice. And so We'll kind of see what happens going forward. But if it doesn't go well, they're going to have a problem on their hands. I think we're going to see a trade because they're going to need to do something to shake this roster up and and start getting somebody that can produce points. Now, uh, it's been good since we talked. Well, since I did a show last, the the Capitals went 2-0 over the weekend, which was really good. Uh, They uh, are are showing that they are doing better under the Spencer Carberry system. Do do you feel as if these guys and the system that Carberry is trying to put in, uh, is it clicking? It feels like it took them a couple weeks, but it finally seems like these guys are kind of running, you know, they're all on the same page now. You know, it's funny because I feel like shortly after like a week or two into the season, maybe it was like a week and a half into the season. I can't remember who it was, but someone put on Twitter that we saw the same things. I may have reposted it. Um, We saw the same things in Hershey when Carberry started there that they kind of struggled out of the gate. And then once they kind of got the system, they like ran with it. And I think they talked a lot about this, at least the last two episodes of caps this morning about how the power play 
is just completely different. They have so many different looks and that teams don't really know what to expect. And I really like that. I like that the power play is shaking things up because it's become a bit stale. And I think that really can become a strong uh, piece of their game, which will help them win. And so I think we're starting to see Carberry system settle in a bit more. I think it's taken them a bit longer, which is the reality of the situation. Um, but I think it's really working out. And I think as they incorporate more young guys into the system, given it's about speed, that's really going to help them. Um, I, I like that there's history here that has shown that, it, you know, teams start playing better as they get to understand the system a bit more. I think this is an argument that I was kind of having in terms of like preseason really should be longer, like not more games per se, but I'm always surprised at how short the, the NHL preseason is. Like there should have been more practices because I feel like that potentially helps at least the caps. It would have helped them to kind of hit the ground running a little bit better when the season started in terms of playing uh, Carberry system better. So I don't know. It just it annoys me how short it is. I don't need more games per se. I don't even need them spread out more. Just more time at practices, I feel like. So I don't know. That's something I feel like the NHL sh- NHL should do. But I like that they're you know they're playing better. Their power play is doing better. You know, I'd like to see their goal numbers go up. I'd like to see more goals in the first period than we've been seeing. But this is a team that's finding ways to win right now. And so they have, what, a three-game winning streak that we're on right now? I believe that it's right? three games, yeah. Is it three or four? So, you know, that was certainly something that we were not expecting to see at the start of the season. But you've got, you know, 6-4 win over the Devils, who are supposed to be a good team, though they're struggling right now. you got a 3-2 shootout win over Minnesota and then a 3-1 win come from behind against um san jose who are you know really not good this season yeah the so time of that game they were still looking for their first win and luckily the capitals were not their first win yeah that would have been bad so you know the cat i think they're starting to click uh i think over these next couple of games we're going to see it a bit more and they still have you know a decent amount of home games coming up to to keep working on it uh and their away games aren't that far they're going to new jersey and uh long island pretty much the rest of this month until they do their Western or until they go to their California trip um, at the end of November. So they got plenty of time to keep working things out before they hit the road. Um, so hopefully, you know, that continues. Yeah, that we definitely want to see more of that. And you're saying they're having a hard time scoring first, but I, I think the real issue with this team so far is the second period. It seems as if they the last games that that I've I've really tuned in for first period they start off a little slow but they they kind of pick up the pace and they'll get a goal maybe in the first period or or they'll they'll have a really good uh, penalty kill or something like that and then the second period hits and they just come out flat footed and then they got to come back from behind in the third period and that seemed to have been a real issue at least last week that that second period really was like their downfall so you know, what do they have to do in between the first and second period? Is it just like some of these older guys, these veterans are tired and then they got to get their second win back in the third? Like what what's going on that makes this second period kind of like a struggle for this team right now? My guess is it's a lack of adjustments um, by the coaching staff and by the players. And that, you know, obviously, e- even as periods are happening, you know, teams are making adjustments. They're trying things different. They're seeing what's clicking and what's not. You see line, you know. Uh, not line, ch- no line changes, you know, pretty often, not in terms of guys getting on the ice, but switching who's playing with who. 
And so I question as to whether they are making the right adjustments or enough adjustments between periods to be able to counteract whatever the other team is going to be doing. And I think that's part of their struggles right now. And I think as you know, you have a rookie head coach, you're obviously there's certain things just like with a rookie player. There are things that are just they don't know yet or they don't know how to do yet or things that they're going to have to work on and get better at. And this is something I think for Carberry and his, his staff that they have to work on. And hopefully they get better at. And you, like you said, there's a lot of offensive players that are doing really, really well right now. Uh, Dylan Strom, who I am constantly in fear that I'm going to call Daniel Sprong. I, I don't know why, but those two <laughs> names, I constantly am getting uh, wrong in my head. But Dylan Strom is, is doing really well. Tom Wilson's coming back and looking like the old school Tom Wilson that we've all known before he got hurt. Uh, Anthony Mantha. You know, there was all the talk of the town and not in a good way in the offseason and preseason and training camp was all about Anthony Mantha. But he's actually showing up right now and he's looking good. He's looking like a leader on this team. Uh, Yeah, I'll take it. I mean, this is a guy that not even just for the Capitals, but for himself, he needed his his career to to turn around. And he's certainly playing much better over the last little bit. And I think Carberry is rewarding him with that by moving him up in the lineup. Uh, I think his effort has definitely gone up. And that's not to say that like, you know, no, that is to say that his effort was not good enough before, but his effort has gone up. His playing has, has been much better. I mean, he's only got two points on the season, but I think we're seeing a bit more from him than we have in the past. And I'm hoping that continues. And really it's a win-win for the team, right? Like he plays better then the team likely plays better overall because they have another good player and they're hopefully winning more games. It also raises his trade value. So that way, if they decide, you know, hey, this is great. He's playing better. We still want to move on from him. Another team's more likely to take him off their hands. Like this works out either way with him doing better for the Caps. He just has to keep it up. So my guess, you know, he's constantly getting positive support from Carberry and the coaching staff and the media, uh, hopefully in the locker room. And that can only be a benefit to him in terms of how he plays. So my hope is that Mantha keeps it up because, you know, with a guy like Backstrom now out and not playing up to his normal standards, you need him. You need other guys to step up. And someone like Anthony Mantha, um, especially considering his cap, it is a guy that you want producing. Now, Tom Wilson is having, like I said, just an absolute great year. And I don't know if you listen to, caps this morning this morning this being wednesday but uh they they talked about the fact that this is actually his 11th year yeah in what? the nhl i feel like he just started honestly i'm like 11th year no He's way like 12 <laughs> but uh his 11th year he just signed a seven-year contract and they were like look ovi's in his what 18th year so there you go tom wilson's going to be i don't want to talk about that yeah, uh, uh, Tom Wilson's going to be in this league, uh, you know, as long as Ovechkin is right now in this league. It's crazy to think about, but Tom Wilson, I mean, a mainstay for the Washington Capitals. And, you know, I think potentially the next captain of this team when Ovi leaves. And it's just absolutely insane to think that uh, that Tom Wilson's been here that long and he's that much of an impact player. Like, he really is. He's... He's he's been, you know, a, a a mainstay on this team for a reason. He's got the the heart and soul of a hockey player and, and, and he shows it every night he's on the ice. I mean, I agree with you. He's the next captain of this team. It's either him or Carlson. 
and depending on the time, of course, when Ovechkin decides to hang it up or, or go back to Russia or whatever he decides to do in terms of his playing career, which I wouldn't be surprised if Ovechkin went back and played a year or two with Dynamo before hanging it up. Oh, he, he 110% is. Zero doubt in my mind. <laughs> the, the day after he passes Gretzky, he's like, I'm out. <laughs> See you guys. No, I think that it's going to be one of those two. It, it's it's Carlson or or Wilson. A part of me wonders if it's more likely Wilson because he just, you know, he's four years younger. He's likely to play a bit, a little bit longer. Um, But I think, you know, they've been talking about this on Caps this morning. He's had a full offseason training, a full training camp. He's not rehabbing. He's had a full summer to relax and get his mind right and ready for hockey. And so I think that's why he's playing better. And I think he's just completely turned his career around. And I think it was Mike Vogel who was talking about that. He called him a, I think it was a unicorn in terms of he's a big guy. He's a physical, uh, the league knows he's a physical guy. So why he's got the bad reputation, but he's also a goal scorer. He's a producer. He can pass, he can shoot. Like he's, he's a jack of all trades, if you will. And so he's a guy that every team would want on their roster. And if the caps were ever to offer him up, I think every single team would say, yeah, we'll, we'll take it. You know, sign us up. We'll take that guy. We'd love to have him on a roster. And I like that they drafted another version of him uh, this past offseason. So even as he's getting a bit older, he'll have a young dude likely in the next couple of years that comes up that's playing or learning, I should say, under him um, or being mentored, ideally. Hopefully it's not like a you know Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers situation. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what happens, but you know, it's a great guy to have on the team. He's top line, Tom, anything else we should talk about here in caps world? Well, he reached 300 points. Oh, Hardy ham and Actel. He got his first NHL point over the weekend. I don't really like the constant rotation on the defense in terms of who's playing. Like, can we get some stability here? Like, I'm not, not a huge fan of the constant rotation, but I also, I never like it given I've never, you know, played hockey, at least ice hockey anyways. But I, I never like how they're like, well, things aren't working in the first period. So we're just going to, you know, mix around the lines. And I'm like, well, you get settled. But, I, you know, that might be more of my like, I used to play basketball and like soccer and stuff. And like, you, you know, so maybe that's I don't know. Maybe that's just different to me in that way. But um, that's always bugged me a little bit. But, you know, every team pretty much does it. So I don't think it's the end of the world. All right. Well, congratulations, Hardy, getting your first uh, first point. And congratulations, Tom Wilson, for getting your 300th. We're going to take a quick break and you'll hear from our sponsors. And then we'll be back with Down on the Farm. Welcome back to the show. We are going down on the farm. We are talking Hershey Bears and South Carolina Stingrays. Coach Dan, what's going on down on the farm? Well, let's start in Hershey, where the Bears went 2-0 with wins over Lehigh Valley and Wilkes-Barre Scranton. Bears are currently first in the Atlantic Division with 12 points, two up on second place Hartford. Hershey goalie Clay Stevenson recorded his first career AHL shutout on Saturday with 32 saves in the win against Lehigh Valley. Now, the Bears will be back at it tonight, that being Wednesday, hosting Lehigh Valley at the Giants Center. Remember when it was like during the, I was going to say lockout, during COVID when they kept playing like the same three teams over and over? And I was like, why uh-huh. are they always playing Lehigh Valley? And then I realized <laughs> what was going on because I just had missed the news. 
And I was like, oh, I feel like I played it every week. I'm like, we're playing Lehigh Valley. Uh, they're, sorry, they're hosting Lehigh Valley at the Giant Center before back-to-back games starting on Friday in Wilkes-Barre, Scranton. Then they host Bridgeport on Saturday. Now, I got. We, let's talk about this real quick, though. Uh, we talked mm-hmm. about this after the Hershey Bears won the Calder Cup, that a lot of the players that were in that Calder Cup team went over to Europe. I mean, there was a ton of players that left the organization and are now playing over in Europe after winning the Calder Cup. They're first in the Atlantic Division right now. And I know this is a an early part of the season, but even with the that those players departing for Europe, this Hershey Bears team hasn't skipped a beat, and they're still winning with with a lot of new faces. I mean, was it a ton of guys? I know there were a couple of guys that left, and a couple of guys that come up to the Caps. But you know, they've the, the Caps have done pretty well drafting. You know, they've they've done well in terms of like AHL veteran free agents. Uh, the Bears have, and the Caps have provided them with some good talent, and so I think that helps. And I think you see that all the time in the minors, and I think that's just a reality of like players coming up and so you always lose good young players but when you get a guy like Ivan Mirosnachenko down there and you've got it you know when you have a good stable franchise in the Hershey Bears it only benefits everyone right um and so may it continue yes indeed let's go down to South Carolina where they have started their season going 2 and 2 with wins over Newfoundland they are currently fourth in the South Division with four points. They'll be back at it on Thursday in Jacksonville, then host Savannah on Saturday at the North Charleston Coliseum before heading to Atlanta on Sunday. They then head back to Orlando on Tuesday of next week. Can I ask whoever is in charge of the ECHL, or the South Carolina Stingrays website, can you stop changing your website? <laughs> Like, I finally get settled. Given, I do appreciate that they now made a calendar of their games like the Caps have and the Bears have. But why is your calendar start on freaking Monday? I don't. Wh- Anyways, pick one and stick with it is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and then also do what the rest of us do. And Sunday to Saturday in calendars, you weirdos. Anyways, <laughs> that's what's going on down at the farm. I love how angry you get. <laughs> It's just, it, like literally you're not going to like you and I know this, but I botched it a moment ago because the freaking schedule. It, who does today? Now, in reality, we probably should because, you know, weekend, but we don't because it's the U.S. and we do things our own week that, that we are. But like. Uh, I give up. <laughs> Well, don't give up yet. Go Bears. Go Stingrays. We're going to take another quick break, and then we're going around the NHL and beyond. everybody welcome back to the show we are going around the nhl and beyond coach dan tell us what is going on i know there's a lot of stuff going on in the world of hockey right now so let's get right into it well let's start with some somber news out of england as former nhler adam johnson tragically passed away after taking a skate to his neck during a game between the nottingham panthers and the sheffield steelers The NHL and NHL Players Association are now discussing additional safety measures as a result of this accident. 
And I actually was just reading on Twitter that the WHL has also announced that all players effective November 3rd or when teams can get the equipment in will be required to wear neck guards. This includes games and practices. So essentially anytime players are on the ice and I would not at all be surprised if this is a requirement in the NHL and all other leagues going forward. I remember a couple years ago in the NHL, I can't remember the player off the top of my head. I want to say he was a ranger, but he took a, like a puck to the eye and that got busted up really, really bad. Like, I think he almost lost his eye or something like that. And then they said, okay, everyone has to wear mm-hmm. a face shield unless mm-hmm. you are, uh, your grandfather in at that point, basically like everyone after that point coming in legal, like you're wearing a face shield. And yeah. then eventually had a cool visor one that was like, metallic and then martin broder complained and then he couldn't wear it anymore yeah i'm well even i think this was just like a couple years ago like i want to say like two three years ago this happened i could be wrong where they required the visors at some point the nhl did was like okay we're getting people getting hurt and i think i mean the people uh, players getting uh cut by skates has been happening i mean remember clint malarchuk when he was with the sabers I remember that. Yes. Almost bled out in the ice. Uh, Zednik. uh, Eight, nine years ago, something like that. Richard Zednik, I think was what he got cut um, with a skate. And collapsed on his way to the bench. Um, And so, you know, these are things that that are happening. And I don't know why it took this long. And unfortunately, you know, it took for someone to pass away from it to start looking and going, oh, yeah. You know, it, it's a contact sport and these things happen and this isn't anything new, you know, so it, it's it's a sad situation that happened. And um, I know a number of NHL teams used to play for the Penguins. They I believe the players are wearing his number um, on their helmets. And so, you know, um, thoughts are with his family and, and friends during this obviously difficult time. Um, unfortunately, we yeah, go ahead. It was um, 2013-14 is when the visor became a okay. mandatory fixture uh, in the league. So mm-hmm. 2013-14 is when that happened. But I, I like the fact that the NHL is, I mean, it's not, they're being reactive to this, but I, I think it's a good reaction. It's not, they're going, well, it's just some freak accident. You know, it's really unfortunate that it happened, but we're not going to change the game or whatever like that. They're looking at going like, all right, there's things that could potentially maybe have prevented this. Let's look into how we can make the game safer for all of our players. And and they're doing that. We know that TJ Oshie close to home here, he has his own clothing line and it's a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, hockey gear and it's like skate uh, blade resistant. Uh, he wears it now like on, on his, his wrists and his arms and stuff. Um, but he does have some neck gear stuff on his website as well. War road. So this is something that is on hockey players minds and Obviously, the NHL is taking this seriously and they're trying to make the game safer. So I like the fact that the NHL is looking into it, but really is um, tragic news coming out of uh, out of England for what happened. Um, Adam Johnson just I mean, it's always a risk when you play a physical game like hockey that something like this could happen, but you never actually think it will. So really tragic news that that this had to this happened in, in England. So very sad. All right. 
I don't know. I mean, I I feel like it sh it shouldn't take something like this for uh, changes to happen. You know, you know, Malarchuk, Zednik. I mean, there are other guys. I'm blanking on other names in the past, but I know I've seen or heard and and players who have had like you know uh, uh, near misses. And why is this up till now to be like? We should fix this situation, you know. I don't know. Um, yeah, but unfortunately, we aren't done with somber news. As this past Saturday, the world was stunned with the announcement that Matthew Perry, the well-known actor from Friends and longtime Ottawa Senators and Los Angeles Kings fan, passed away in Los Angeles. In a post on Twitter, the Senators said, "One of Ottawa's proudest sons and the biggest hockey fan." And we know the Kings, Predators, and Blue Jackets organists played the Friends theme during their respective games over the weekend. I know the Blue Jackets did it on Saturday um, when when news kind of came out that he had passed away. Uh, Matthew Perry was 54 years old. In other NHL news, Jor Thornton announced his retirement via a video message a few days ago. Did you see this message, by the way? I did not. You need to go watch this because this was very on brand for Joe Thornton. Okay. He he announced his retirement in a rather fun way, let's say. He was shirtless, still has his big old beard, and a large hat, which I couldn't tell on the angle. Was it like a cowboy hat or like a farmer's hat? I don't know. It was a big old hat. He played in 1,714 games, getting 1,109 assists and 430 goals, playing in Boston and San Jose. That is a heck of a career. Really is. Former Canadians forward Tomas Plakanich announced his retirement. He played in 1,001 NHL games, scoring 233 goals and 375 assists, playing with Montreal and Toronto. I want to be the guy who plays 1,001 games. <laughs> like, I wonder if he was like, I don't want it to be 1,000. I'll take no, one no. game. I want one Just more. Don't, don't check me. <laughs> don't touch me. Don't, yeah, leave me alone. I'll take one shift. And I want to be on the line with Ovechkin. I don't even want to score. I'll just set him up for a goal. Uh, Nashville's Ryan O'Reilly played in his 1,000th NHL game recently. Congratulations to him. This one kind of annoyed me. Uh, we can talk about this for a minute, but Ottawa's Shane Pinto, I believe is actually unsigned, uh, was suspended for 41 games for sports betting. Now, my understanding is that the games he bet on were not hockey related. To me, this is dumb. We're going to suspend a guy for for betting, which is becoming more and more sports betting, which is becoming more and more a thing. But we're going to ignore that one of the league's partners is with freaking betting organizations or that Ottawa's. The teams, their I believe uh, shirt sponsor or on their helmet, is a freaking betting company. So they're like, "Hey fans, we have all these opportunities." Didn't the Caps recently have like a, a sports book put into that? Given I don't understand any of this, but like, did they recently have a sports book put into Capital One Arena? Yeah, but none of you players go in there. I completely understand why you're not allowed to bet on the sport you're playing in. Because now there are questions as to whether you're actually like, are you fixing games to an extent? Hockey's, I imagine, a little bit, unless you're like a goalie, a little bit harder because 60 minute game and even the best players are paying, you know, 22, 23 minutes a night, unless it's one of those freak games. But like, if you're betting on the own sport that you're playing or the game you're playing it, like, yeah, you're going to get suspended because that's incredibly sketchy. But if he's betting on Monday Night Football where he has no say, 
whatsoever. He's not in there. He's just like me. He's a fan. Why is he being penalized for this? I could be 100% wrong. Someone explain this to me. This is so stupid to me. Especially when the league is like, you're not allowed to do that. But hey, fans, come on down and go ahead and go our sports book over replacing the green turtle. Like, this is dumb. I d- Brandon, make it make sense. Uh, well, if if your employer says, no, you can't do that, and then you do it anyway and get caught, then. OK, no, that's fine. Obviously, like I get why he got suspended. I don't yeah. get why it's a rule. You know, it's about it. Was he on the bench betting on games? Like we sit there like he'd he'd hop over the boards, get down, get a drink from the Gatorade bottle, then check how the game is going. Like what? I think if if there wasn't a uh, league sponsor for betting, then I think it wouldn't be an issue. But the fact that the NHL and like FanDuel are in cahoots together, I think that's what what the issue is. I love the people that came out on Twitter. We're talking about how it's like this, this suspension brought to you by FanDuel and bet three, six, five and whatever that was. <laughs> that was really funny. Cause I didn't, it didn't click with me at first. I was like, hold up. I was like, wait, what? I don't get it. Like if you're betting on the sport, you're playing in short. Otherwise this is stupid. So Ryan, uh, yeah. the, ang- the angriest man on Twitter, Ryan Drury, explain <laughs> to me the angriest Canadian in the world. Explain to me why. This is happening. Someone make it make sense. Like, I don't get it. I don't. It has nothing to do with this sport. Right. I get why athletes are held to a higher standard and like they get caught for like drunk driving, which is obviously incredibly dangerous and stupid and never do that. But they can get suspended for that or or just doing something incredibly dumb because these are supposed to be professional athletes. That's the reality. You're in the public spotlight. Right. Like, I get it. This one makes no sense. It's his free time. Like, are guys getting suspended for for playing, what's that game called, Starfield? Or whatever, like World of Warcraft. Are guys getting in trouble for doing all of that because they're spending so much time playing video games instead of, like, practicing? Like, in trouble with their team if they're not playing well. But, like, I I don't care. Like, that effect, who was it? I think it was a veteran, like, video games were a big thing for him when he came into the league. I don't care if after practice he goes home and plays video games. I could not care less. It's not on my freaking business what they're doing in their free time. This doesn't hurt anybody. If anything, well, I was going to say if he's losing, it helps other people, but that's not really how it works. You know? Like, what's the next thing? If they have a fantasy football team, they're going to get in trouble? Yeah, I don't think they're allowed to do that either. I swear to God, if that's true, I'm going to be so pissed. Because that's so (laughs) stupid. You're not a lot. First of all, I was going to say fantasy baseball. I did that in high school and it's just so much work to do fantasy baseball every day. Oh, that was so annoying. I was like, why? Like uh, three weeks into the season, I was like, I don't ever want to do this again. <laughs> it's too much. I used to do, I, I haven't done any of the fantasy stuff in years. because I was like, I don't care anymore. It's too much work. And I hated having a, a player or a team, depending on the one you're doing, like, you know, team's defense for football. I hated having someone that was going up against a team I supported because I was like, I want you to do well, but not against the team that I root for. So that sucked. So I was like, you screw it. I don't, I didn't care anymore. My, Anyways, my, my call podcast, uh, uh, co-host Josh, he is in eight fantasy football leagues. I don't know how he does it. I Josh, can't even do one. Why Joshua, we need to talk. <laughs> I don't, why? If you were a professional athlete, you'd be getting suspended right now. <laughs> Apparently. Are you, is he, someone, I got someone, Ryan, help me out, man. Explain this to me. Why does this make sense? 
and uh, or I, uh, let's move on. We'll be here all night if I keep going on about this. Is annoying me. I like I came out and I was like, I don't get it. I don't understand. There's a lot of things that annoy me where like a player gets a legal hit and then they don't get suspended and like that's annoying, but whatever. But like, and he even came out and apologized. I was like, why for what? I, Sorry, I put those two bucks on uh, a CFL game. Guys. Yeah, like I want to know how much was he betting. Yeah, that's that's my question. It's dumb. Anyways, Buffalo's Connor Clifton was suspended for two games, not for gambling, but for an illegal check to the head of New Jersey's Nico Hirscher. Let's talk about this for a second, Brandon. We've suspended a guy for less games for potentially injuring someone or giving them a concussion, which can have life altering uh, effects. We suspended someone more for betting on a sport that wasn't hockey. Watch this whole thing is that he did bet on NHL games. Then I'm going to look like an idiot. But I don't think that was the case. He's Pete Rose now. I no, see that I get. I don't get this. Anyways, uh, Clifton was suspended two games for being a butthole. But then also Boston's Charlie McAvoy was suspended for four games for an illegal check to the head of Florida's Oliver Ekman Larson. Why are we checking people in the head? I don't stop it. Is there a big rivalry between Buffalo, New Jersey and Boston and Florida that we don't know about? Like, I don't, I did McAvoy and, and Ekman Larson have a feud. Like what's happening anyways. Um, Ottawa senators. Now this one, I, under, I, although I don't remember the reasons for it, but I remember being annoyed at the time, Ottawa senators, they will be forced to forfeit a, the first round pick for their role in the July, 2021 trade of Yevgeny Dadanoff from the senators to the golden Knights. Ottawa will have the choice to forfeit its first round pick in either 2024, 2025, or the 2026 NHL draft. What happened there? What was that trade? I don't remember. I remember it got that he Dadnoff got traded from Ottawa to, to Vegas, and the NHL was like, "Okay, wait a minute, no, no, no," and then they axed it. But I don't, I don't remember all the details, and honestly, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I just think it's funny. So, and you know, and I don't care about the Senators. So. I I imagine like if a team trades for their first round pick because Ottawa gets to choose, I think after the draft order is announced, they can decide what year they want. Yeah. I imagine if they've traded that pick, they don't get to decide that year. So not like they can like trade their 2024 first round pick to like the caps and be like, we're going to take 2024, take that one away. And the caps would be like, Oh, that's ours. You know? So I don't think they can do that. Um, going into beyond news, the professional women's hockey league team names have allegedly been leaked. Now, while this is not officially, uh, the names have not officially been released, the leaked names are the Boston Wicked, the Minnesota Superior, Montreal Echo, the New York Sound, Ottawa Alert, and the Toronto Torch. All right, so I'm all for women's hockey having their own league and putting a spotlight on women's hockey. I love that. 100%. But if Why don't we have want, a team in DC? If you want people to take them seriously, you can't give them these team names. I don't mind Echo. Although I feel like that would be more of like, I was going to say Seattle, but maybe that doesn't make sense. Um, if Wicked, they have to do, you know, like an Apple or something. Uh, like, is it an Apple? Or did I just completely botch the joke I was going to make about Wicked the musical? Um, yeah. But no, that would have to be New York because New York, Broadway, Wicked. I mean, that well, all makes sense. To be sense. fair. I <laughs> I took my uh, wife to see it in, when we were in London, so it doesn't have to just be New York. Okay. 
Okay. We have see, to be I'm there a, for work, but that's that's the point. I don't sound. I think it's fine. That's the one that should be Seattle. But they already have the Sounders in the MLS, so that doesn't really work. Um, no, I mean some of these are. Minnesota Superior is fine if it's you know the lake. No. Does that touch Minnesota? I don't know. I didn't pay that enough close attention in geography, but they're not great. They're not great names. No. I feel like they need a little bit more respect um, in terms of these, and yeah, they're they're not they're not great. The New York Sound and the Toronto Torch, okay, that's not that they're they're not bad. The rest of them though, like I just I don't get it. I I don't like any of these names. No, but I also follow uh, the, a team called the Commanders and the Wizards and the Mystics. So probably I Ottawa, should just keep my mouth closed. The Ottawa Alert sounds like there's a kid missing. Like that. Ooh, it that's, does. Or there's that, like a yeah. storm or a giant monster coming in. It's yeah, like that sequel. doesn't make it. Oh, the, all their sequels have sucked. Did you hear their mate? That's not true. Yeah. Tank Clover. No, is. Tank Cloverfield Lane was good. I like that one, eh, especially considering eh. it wasn't. That movie up until spoiler alert, she it's been long enough. I'm allowed to. Uh, she leaves the basement thing. Um, right. That was a whole different movie. And then I guess J.J. Abrams got his hands on it. And he was like, we could throw a little thing in there at the end and make it connected to Cloverfield. They're making a direct sequel, though, to the first one. Well, it only took them 12 to 15 years to do. I that, know. So and good. they had it. They have it built in. Yeah, that they could have made a sequel because remember on the bridge in the beginning, there's another guy with a video camera. Well, so yeah, as and, uh, the dude's panning, you see or spinning around or whatever, you see another guy with a camera. And I'm like, right there. That's your sequel right there. We get these people's point of view and what they saw. And then, you know, you have the movie and it cuts around and you see. Um, what's his name? TJ something. TJ Miller. Yeah, yeah. You see, it, well, he's in a little bit of trouble now. But you like you see him and the other actors, and you like bring them back for like a quick shot. And you're like, oh! and then people in the audience get all excited. But then you don't do that 12 years later. Yeah, but the the other thing too is when that, that movie came out, really there's the shot of Coney Island, and you actually see the ship landing out in the in the ocean, and on the website that they built for Cloverfield, there was a viral website that they put out where they actually had photos of like people going down and and finding the the uh, the spaceship and stuff. So like. They, they already were telling you, like, oh, we're going to make a sequel to this, and, it, and it's going to be about the landing and, and how they found the monster and stuff like that. And then, poof, nothing happened. And then they made that horrendous Cloverfield Paradox movie. Yeah, that was that. Which was... That was pretty bad. Uh, since we're talking about movies and such, let's get the last little bit of news. As Hulu and Crave announced that the hockey-centric spinoff series Shorzy has been renewed for a third season. Production is expected to take place in Sudbury, Ontario in November. You can currently stream the first two seasons on Hulu in the U.S. and on Crave in Canada. That's the news for the past week in the NHL. And... Have you watched Shorzy? Nope. Now, talk about great entertainment. Go watch Shorzy because the first season is great. I'm, I've been waiting till after Halloween to watch the second season. So I'm going to start that probably tomorrow. Oh, my God. Such a funny episode. Such, such a funny show. Absolutely love Shorzy. Love Letter Kenny as well. The whole reason why I picked up uh, uh, Hulu again uh, recently is because I wanted to watch those two shows. And The Bear. The Bear also. Amazing. See, all that stuff better than anything on Netflix. So, Coach Dan, is that the show? Ah, uh, yeah, buddy. I think that's it for the week. All right, everybody. If you'd like to continue the conversation with Coach Dan or I, you can. You can check us out, both of us, on X. You can post X me, 
at Brando Cash. That's not Coach Dad, what it's where can called. People follow you on X. Not you're just trying to see you starting with Netflix. Now you're just trying needling in there, buddy. <laughs> Everyone should watch me PBS. That. That's what they should be watching. PBS. Uh, X letter X brought to you by Tesla. Um, <laughs> what a putz. And now the he bought X for how much? Like 300, wasn't it 44 billion or something? And now it's down to like 19 or something. It's it's how much it's worth. What a moron. Uh, anyways, you can find me on that. What is becoming even more dysfunctional website? At WTP coach Dan talking about capitals hockey and all the things related to the Washington Capitals, Arsenal Football Club, the Bills, the Commanders and other things in the wide world of sports. You can find me on there at WTP coach Dan. But hey. If you've enjoyed this show, go ahead and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash what the puck pod. It's where we'll post when new shows are coming out as well as all sorts of other things related to the Washington Capitals, Hershey Bears, South Carolina Stingrays, the Hershey Cubs and their kind of freaky looking mascot. And I tried so things. hard to get you to be the mascot in the net. I don't know how to take that. And the <laughs> National Hockey League. That's facebook.com slash what the puck pod. But Brandon. If someone happens to be a fan of a certain purple clad team based out of Baltimore, is there a uh, podcast they should listen to? So you can check out my Baltimore Ravens podcast called The Call. Wherever you listen to this podcast, The Call is also available. My buddy Josh and I, we do at least a minimum of two shows a week. So definitely check us out as the Ravens prepare to take on the Seahawks. Let's go over the games until we talk again. On Thursday, November 2nd, the New York Islanders come to D.C. They take on the Washington Capitals. That game is at 7 o'clock, and you can watch that one on Monumental Sports Network. And then on Saturday, November 4th, Capitals stay at home, welcoming the Columbus Blue Jackets to town. That game is at 7 o'clock, and you can watch that one on the Monumental Sports Network. And then we'll be back. It's kind of weird. They've had a little mini break this week, uh, since their last game was what on on Saturday or Sunday, it was on Sunday, and they got a little mini break till Thursday, and then they uh, get two games, then three days off. So, kind of crazy that the Caps are uh, are staying that busy, or not that busy. They got other things going on. See, I so don't that, like what's that these. I don't like these long breaks because I feel like it messes up their rhythm. Yeah. What do they have the rest of the month? Let me. I'm gonna look at that real quick. Yeah, so they got this little break, three-day break, and then they got a three-day break the week after that and a three-day break the week after that. So maybe that's just the rhythm. The next week, the end of the Actually, month. That's, that's a good point. The end of the month, they go out to California, and they got three nights in four days. So that could be a little rough, but a lot of home games. A lot of home games. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven home games this month. Wow, good for them. And five on the road. And two of them on the road are to New Jersey and Long Island. So that's not that far away. So that's that's actually, that's not bad at all. That's a pretty nice little cushy schedule for November. It's Some tough bad. teams, but a lot of home games, a lot of East Coast games. And then you go out to, uh, to California at the end of the month after Thanksgiving. All right. Well, good for the Caps. Hopefully that brings some W's and some points and these guys can right the ship and uh, see what happens next. So that is pretty much it for the show this week. Everybody say it loud. Say it proud. Let's 
go. Caps. This has been a production of Brando Cash Entertainment. Music by DJ Wolfman. Voiceover by Sarah Jacks. For more information, go to brandocash.com.